This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey, this is Bob Camp, co-creator of The Renaissance Show, and you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter where y'all from and luckily there's a show called talk time we've been waiting for this for a long time Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news special guests and unbiased reviews suburban kids the hipster street dudes all can learn something new me too i heard worse when no faith is empty i stayed the course though my haters tempt me beep the podcast that'll make them envy it ain't too trendy it's acmg anime comics movies and games come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games that come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games that come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games that come on and let's get it talk time Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Journal of My Life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Hope they survived uh, Black Friday, if you will. I did not partake in that mess <laughs> because I value life. So hopefully everybody got everything they needed, everything they wanted, and everybody came off safe. Now, of course, as you guys may know or may not know, Amazon's going through a situation right now where they're striking, they're possible striking. I believe in some parts of the world, they did strike. Um, still a little bit iffy on the United States, but be cautious because that two-day shipping may be in peril as of right now. So I'm I'm sticking to it too because we were going to do that and then we heard about the big strike that's going on. What a great way to uh, do a hostage negotiation on your gifts. <laughs> and, um, you know, I don't blame them. I don't blame them at all. I fully support what they've done. I'm, you know, I'm a big advocate of, you know, people feeling their worth and value in the workplace. I, I left my job ages ago because I didn't feel valued despite the fact I've been with them for a decade. The, fi- the fact that you know, I've proven my worth. I was never late at that job. Um, one schedule late. That was it. And then on top of that, I graduated college with honors during that process, taking and studying courses that I that proved that I can do the jobs that they needed. And they, I was still ignored. I was ignored, but I was never denied at this point because I was getting, you know, opportunities elsewhere and stuff like that. And it was a, to a point that I was just like, it's not even worth it anymore. It's it's not worth the stress. It's not worth the, the mental anguish that was being put on to me. And, you know, the self-fulfilling prophecies that they kept bringing on to me to make me believe that I 
couldn't do any more than what I was doing for them there. So I bounced and, you know, I haven't looked back, you know, and things have been doing really well since. So it was and this has been before people were actually now now became a trend where people were just saying, screw this. I, I deserve better. I'm going to leave this. Is, I've it was like 2015 or it was like, yeah, 2015 or 16. And I was um, that I left the job. It was 2015 because I got there in 2005. So, you know, it, I'm glad to see that more people are fighting for their worth now. And, you know, it's unfortunate that it may be the cost of, you know, Christmas gifts. But what better gift than your value, than your self well-being and your mental health being, you know, cared for? you know, at the end of the day. So shout out to all those, uh, you know, Amazon people who are like fighting for their worth out there. And thank you for everything that you guys have done from a retail standpoint, because I worked retail for years. I get it. I know that I know the trenches. So, you know, if you're listening and you're working for Amazon, you got an ally over here. So, but I digress enough about that. We still are in the holiday season. So let's get into the holiday spirit. If you are okay with celebrating the holidays. I know not everybody wants to celebrate the holidays or feel feel obligated to celebrate the holidays, but you know, this is all for anybody who is who's down with it. So this is the holiday, one of the holiday editions, I guess, that we will be doing. But this in particular is going to be focused on Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special that just came out on Disney+. Plus. It uh, is a much anticipated special. And when we found out about it, it was just unbelievable that this was happening. You know, that they, all these and, and the fact that they kept this a secret was just awesome at the time. And we did, we weren't aware of any of this coming, much like we didn't know that uh, Werewolf by Night was coming as well. So we finally got it here. And how was it? We'll talk about that in our talk topic of the week. But we got some other things that we need to cover. This is the first prime show that I've done since uh wakanda forever so getting get a chance to talk about another untimely passing and really you know when we talked about when we did the wakanda forever episode you know the legendary kevin conray passed away you know due to cancer we have another passing unfortunately that came about just one week shy of that one and it's this one is really sad and unfortunate and we're going to just talk about that at the top of the hour uh, of this. And then, you know, we're also speaking to Kevin Conroy. We're going to continue what I mentioned that on the select star podcast, I, we talked about what we thought about Kevin Conroy, but in terms of where he lies in, in, as one of the, as possibly one of the best Batman's ever, we're going to talk about that for a bit. So we're going to bring that up. And also, uh, Samu, uh, Louis, uh, or Lou, is clapping back at Quentin Tarantino and his tirade against Marvel films and whatnot. This is, I, I can't believe we're having this again. So we'll be talking about all of that in my new Christmas list of shows, series, and video games that you may want to check out, that you may want to add to your, you know, repertoire and your uh, list of uh, festive things to do this year. So we'll talk about all that, but let's not waste any time, folks. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now, it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. Alright, 
so we're going to fortunately start off with some tragic news. I mean, this is not even unfortunate. This is beyond unfortunate. This is tragic uh, for a lot of reasons. One, because it is somebody that is way too young to be leaving us right now. Two, he is considered an icon. Three, um, it's the cause of his death is even more devastating than anything. And it's just something that you just don't want to hear. You, you, you do not wish to hear this, especially if it's somebody that you looked up to or idolized or whatever like that. This is, this one hit hard. Like where's Kevin Conroy, when we found out about his passing, I mean, there are a few things that can be looked at as celebratory in a sense. I mean, he unfortunately died of cancer, but within that, he passed away. He left us with a major legacy. Uh, and it wasn't based on his terms. It was, you know, it was beyond his control. You know, that it, it's one thing to leave us for that purpose. But this one right here, this hit hard. And right in the holiday season where people are like going through so much in terms of mental health and anguish and, and stuff like that to hear this to hear this from a guy that is considered an uh, an icon an idol a role model for many especially in the martial arts world um to hear that jason david frank the star and i mean the star of saban's power rangers and i have to say saban's power rangers because you know for those who don't know the Power Rangers stemmed from Japan as a Super Sentai series uh, under a, a totally different name for that uh, for that matter. But, you know, Saban uh, Studios purchased the rights to that uh, series and created a phenomenon from that, a worldwide phenomenon. Like they took what Japan did and just, you know, expanded on that. Uh, him, Saban is, you know, say what you will. I used to think that his his productions and everything was a little bit campy. But he created a phenomenon with this thing. He capitalized on what Japan did and really made a big deal. And one of the things that he really did was kind of change some of the storylines around and, and, and what the studios did. They changed a lot of the storylines around uh, to make it a little bit more kid friendlier because in Japan, the original Power Rangers Super Sentai series, it had a bit more of a, theat uh, a theatrical, a little bit more serious tone with the action that you'd normally see. Um, people did die there and during when 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 the power rangers came out we were still in an era where you know fcc and all and, and and stuff like that they didn't seeing somebody die on a kid show is was unheard of at the time or it was uh it wasn't looked as something that you wanted people to see it was, it was a rarity to see a character any character uh die in a cartoon or a tv series that was meant for kids so what happened was in japan the green ranger when it first came out uh i i watched the power rangers in japan way before it i you know came to america when i when it came to america i was like oh wow they're bringing it to america okay then i watched to see when i watched it in japan i watched it I watched a whole entire Green Ranger series and I was fascinated by this because the Green Ranger was just so badass. And then what people, what some people don't know, maybe you do know listening into this show, but what you don't know is that the original storyline for the Green Ranger that Tommy Oliver 
was playing in, in America that Jason David Frank's role of Tommy Oliver played in America wasn't meant to last. Like he was only supposed to be there for a short stint. And in Japan, the original Green Ranger died. He never came back. There was no White Ranger, no Red Ranger, no Ninja Ranger that came after that. Like that original character, that was just a one time. And that was the thing that made people so fascinated with Japan TV and anime and everything is that like when people die, they don't come back. <laughs> at least at the time, like that's what happened with Dragon Ball characters like Frieza and Cell and all that. At the time, they didn't come back at the time. We thought we would never see them. It wasn't until years later that we saw characters from Dragon Ball Z come back and reappear because of their popularity. But other characters in anime and TV series, like they they were like, no, we're not. This is a one time till, I guess. Jason David Frank's portrayal and performance as Tommy Oliver was so popular that they decided to keep this dude around. They changed the whole storyline around for this guy because he just he was polarizing on a camera like he stood out like as great as um, Jason on the show who played the Red Ranger and all the other characters of the original Power Rangers were really awesome. When Jason David Frank came in, it was just something so badass about this dude. He was just, he was just, he had a little bit of an edge to him. And when he just took out the entire Power Ranger team as Tommy Oliver, it just, it, the casting was great. They, they, they couldn't have picked, I don't know if they could have picked a better dude than Jason David Frank to play this role. And so, lo and behold, because of the way that, t you know, uh, American TV is produced and, you know, the philosophies or whatever, they somehow wrote him in to remain on the show because of the popularity that they were receiving from his portrayal and everything. They wanted to see, people wanted to see Tommy. They wanted to see more Tommy. Jason David Frank stayed on the show and ended up becoming not only a norm on the show, but reprising the role as Tommy playing several different TV shows as Tommy Oliver under different power rates. So like not only did they just change the storyline of the original series, but they also went on to change the storyline of other series, adding Tommy in because again, the character was not meant to be there. So he ended up becoming the white Ninja Ranger. He ended up becoming the Zeo Ranger V. He ended up becoming red turbo Ranger, uh, black dino Ranger, uh, um, thunder ranger uh, of course everybody's really like if, if people don't like if, if people favor him for the green ranger they also favor him for the white ranger um as well but you know he's synonymous with the green ranger but the white ranger was supposed to be like a a step up version of him um his character was so popular that people would cosplay as him all over the place or pay homage to it you will see you know him on pair on cartoons and animated series um if you remember if you watch pro wrestling and wwe the new day paid homage to uh the white ranger and the green ranger and dressed up you know designed cost you know uh gear to pay homage to you know their love for the white and green ranger you know it, it was awesome i would also want to point out lord draken because Lord Draken was a character, if you read the comics, and if you haven't read the, uh, you know, the Power Ranger comic books, you really probably want to owe, um, owe it to yourself to read the comics because they kind of take everything, the actual, I believe the, the storylines and the canon storylines from the show, but gives it a little bit more edge on the comics as well. So it's a little bit more updated, a little bit more mature. The kind of the way that we 
wanted to see it the way that they were doing it in Japan, but they did a really awesome storyline on a comic, but also which led to the actual video game that came out a while back, which kind of crossed over with Street Fighter. Uh, and the story here was basically is that uh, Lord Draken is basically Tommy Oliver from an alternate universe, and he is older, but also evil. And he's kind of, he has the, uh, his, his costume design is awesome. It basically is a mix between the green and white ranger. And he's like the ultimate ranger. And, and what happens is he ends up teaming with Rita Repulsa, uh, and in this alternate universe. And he actually, I believe killed all of the power rangers in that universe. So, and he, and, and Tommy and, and Jason David Frank reprised his role as that character did the voice for it for the video game and i believe did a few videos uh showing him on there as well so it's a really good edge and on top of that like while he was not becoming a power ranger from time to time jason david frank entered the world of mma because he is and always was a legit mixed martial artist he also has a few dojos and such you know this guy we thought was you know I don't want to say on top of the world per se, but I think that everybody thought that this guy was living a celebrated, cherished life, an iconic life, if you will. We see him in um in, in comic book conventions all over the place, and you know, people got a chance to meet and greet him uh, with him everywhere. But this is one of those situations that we always know, like you never know what's going on in people's world. Um, which is why we keep telling people to treat people with the best of respect because you don't know their story, what's going on. We hide behind social media all the time and we often don't realize the story behind somebody else. Like if you understand certain aspects of psychology or whatever like that, or know how to read people or know how to read the room, or, you know, you're very observant of how people's behavior is, you could kind of get an idea maybe online because the context is so out of whack you don't know but which sometimes you can understand when people lash out on, on social media you can get an idea that like this this guy this person is probably going through some stuff you know it, you can only do i mean there's trolls out there and even when you the troll people don't just troll for a reason I, I totally believe that people just don't troll for a reason i think people actually troll because they're displacing their anger or lashing out at something that's going on in their life or something that is lacking in their life that needs to be fulfilled and they put that on you know to other people they, they you know misery loves company that type of situation but you never know what's really going on in people's world and this was kind of the result of possibly what happened with jason david frank who passed away, died on November 19th, just last week, um, age 49. That's it's, it's really, that's insanely young. Um, and unfortunately, he left us in the worst way possible because he died in Texas committing suicide just reportedly from TMZ and other, uh, you know, formats, um, having issues with his ex-wife or whatnot and, um, at just the night before or whatnot. And it was unfortunate. They, uh, they found him his his ex-wife was worried. They called the cops and apparently they found him in the hotel and, you know, there was no 
the action when they asked for the door when he was doing a welfare check and you know they found him uh unfortunately to that nature uh no longer with us you never know you never know jason david frank to many you know the facade the mask that was put on was like this guy was you know happy he was disciplined he was you know leading a possible you know life i mean he, he wasn't perfect by any stretch everybody has their situations but for it to you know to have a guy like him go out the way that he did and it's you know we always led to believe that martial artists are living by a code that they have a certain discipline that you know goes above and beyond that of any type of situation that you're supposed to persevere in all situations it doesn't all, it, I mean, it's not to say that it can't happen or it does not happen, but not everybody can master that situation in mental health, you know, especially in this day and age in this society, it's, it, it's, it's becoming harder in a sense. Somebody on our ACMG Facebook group was asking like, how did this happen? You know, this is a, this is a, this gentleman is an older gentleman from like growing up when I grew up because admittedly when we grew up we didn't for, like depending on where you are some places and some areas in the world during a time like 80s 90s we didn't really hear that many people we always hear like somebody committing suicide or something during once or twice um but we never heard that many going through what we see here today and i was i also had to point out I'm like well here's the thing we didn't have social media during those days that's one thing which can mean like social media cannot exacerbate the or you know or or you know the social media couldn't you know uh encourage the ideas of doing it because there, there wasn't many reasons there wasn't many <clears throat> there weren't many how can i say this there weren't many uh persuasions or you know um self-esteem situations or issues like it is today because we didn't have instagram where people are feeling self-conscious because of what they see and the filterings of um you know these these social media accounts of you know where people have to live up to the standards of a uh, thirst trapping picture or um you know or, or just celebrities or people getting more attention than other people we didn't have that we didn't have that at the time um, so we had that situation and then another situation that I would bring up is that maybe there were and we just weren't aware of it because the internet and social media allowed us to see more into other worlds than we ever had before and with that we get to see more like for instance there was people weren't people weren't believing or were aware of how much racist actions were going on in the country until we got video footage until we got more information until people started speaking out on social media which you know you get the right frequency you get people a lot of people to see and hear your stories and see what's been going on in the world we didn't have that like we would see like we see things on the news today that is going on that like i would see like oh that ain't nothing new we we that used to happen to us we just didn't have youtube we didn't have you know social media just for people to see that like this is nothing new this is now just being exposed to the world to the masses now and one of the things that are being shown is that 
we now have more people in a more depressing situation because there's so much exposure of things, toxic things, negative things that is mentally, psychologically, you know, weighing on people. It, I talked about the holidays right now and I'm, I'm I, this is something I, I got to start saying now because I talked to my therapist about this and like, you know, why is it such a dire need to put so much pressure on people during the holidays? Why is it like, even if you don't want to celebrate the holidays or you don't feel comfortable in the holidays, you feel like you are obligated to do so or you're, you're chastised if you don't, if you're chastised, if you, you know, aren't getting the best Christmas ever, whatever like that. Things like that need to change, you know, because it's pressing more issues. We don't know what Jason David Frank was going through in his life, but as we now know is that he was going through something and it led to him, you know, unfortunately relieving his own sort, his own soul to, you know, in, in, in this world. Um, it's really sad. It, you'd never want to hear stories about that, especially somebody this young. And I always have a saying is basically like, again, if you're Kevin Conroy and you got to do all that Kevin Conroy was able to do before he left us, you like, you know, he, he left us. What was, how old was he when he left us? Uh, he was 66, which in some cases, in a lot of ways is partially still young in a sense. Um, but when you lived a legacy like Kevin Conroy, but he died in such a way, you got to celebrate his life in that way. And you can't, you know, it, cancer is something that we're still fighting and is still something that we're trying to, um, end in a lot of ways. Um, but it's a hard fight to, it's a hard fight to win. You can't, you know, it's nothing you do, but celebrate that life. But when it comes to, you know, Jason David Frank for him to sadly leave his life so young, and, and take note, he died. At, he, I think they said he died. At, he's 49. You know, that's just, like that. When you see it that young and, and the way that it happened, it's I don't like to mourn people who lived such a lavish life and a legacy that they left behind. But when you're as young as, you know, Jason David Frank, who's 49, he, you know, half his half his life, almost half his life. And I believe his birthday was almost coming up too, if I'm correct. Uh, I mean, it already passed actually. It was, uh, September 4th. So, you know, just after, just like a few, couple months after his birthday, he passes away. This is just really telling. It's really sad. And I hate to mourn people, especially to the likes of somebody with, um, his legacy because he, he has, he will live a legacy, but this really, this news broke a lot of fans heart. People are like people who are going through their own situations and they're fans of him. This is like the worst news you could possibly have. Um, and I say to those people, don't let this situation deter you in a way that, you know, I mean, whatever it was going through Jason David Frank life, that's his life. That was his decision. And what it was, it was his choice, but I would dare argue whether that was a great choice. The man has kids. He has a family. He has friends. 
I mean, I, you know, regardless of like whether his friends really truly looked out for him or maybe have taken him for granted, um, his trainer, which a lot of people, this is how people really got hit, got his news in the first place. His trainer was one of the first people to speak out on social media and followed by his rep as well to announce it. Um, and then later on, people weren't believing it because it wasn't, it, it people weren't believing it, that, that this was real because a lot of reasons. One, Twitter. Twitter is such a hell right now of information, of misinformation right now and all types of craziness going on. So it's hard for people to believe anything that's coming out of Twitter. Two, you didn't hear it from main source yet. But what we did, the significance of this and the reason why I believed it is because it came straight from his trainer. His trainer that he still trains, who's a mixed martial artist and he still trains to this day. So far be it for him to want to screw up his reputations for that situation. And then on top of that, his rep mentioned it as well. And then on top of that, um, how I really found out the first time I found out was from AutoCon, which is a um, it's a pretty fairly big convention. Uh, annual convention that is around and uh here in the uh east coast and for them to announce that because they have acquired jason david frank multiple years at that event so they have connections to his rep they have connections to um you know other people as well so they would get this information especially if they did um if they hired him if they were going to hire him to um, be a part of the of their show, which I believe he's usually a part of the show a lot. So they got the information. And if they got it, that's kind of, you know, that to me was enough to me to say, like, OK, this is real. I'm going to make an announcement. There were people who didn't want to believe it. But, you know, I'm like, I, I, I don't put things out that I don't believe that is not true. I, I do my homework first before we do anything. And lo and behold, lo and behold, we got the news when TMZ busted out. And like once TMZ puts it out there, it's just it, it's set in stone. You know, they rarely they rarely actually put out misinformation. And if they do, they correct it immediately because they are they have been the prime source for all things pop culture and media and politics as well. And it was unfortunate. I wish I I, I kind of wish it wasn't. I kind of wish I did get that misinformation in, in a sense, in a way of like I didn't mind. I didn't mind being wrong about this. I ref, I absolutely do not mind being wrong on this note because that means a person's life would have been you know uh, still alive. They this guy would just have still been around. But the problem was it was like it was seven hours, and there was no response from from jason david frank or his camp there was no response in seven hours that's not a good sign you if somebody it, it doesn't take long for a word to get out and the things start trending rapidly by the third hour jason and the camp should have already replied back but there was no response and the longer it take the longer it was just like okay this is not good and then you know that's when all the news started breaking out when tmz put it out there then we saw flooding from everywhere else you know and um not only did they put it out there but we find out we found out how he died and that's when it got really devastating for people so with that said to my heart 
thoughts and prayers go out to all of the uh, friends, family, and fans out there of Jason David Frank, myself included. And I just say, just let's not put all of our eggs in the basket of a celebrity because one celebrities are humans. They are people. They have situations just like us. They go through, you know, trial and tribulation, just like us. It's this misconception that like, once you're a celebrity, that everything's all fine and dandy. That is the biggest misconception ever. These guys go through the same BS, no matter how much how popular they are or how rich they become. They go through the same BS like everybody else. They just have more money. They just are seen more. But the, the irony of it is that like the more popular you are, the more pressure and things come up because you got people like us that become that tends to judge them. And we don't realize because we're not living, we're not on their side of things as to what they're going through. So we're not sincere at all about what they go through. And maybe we just not even maybe we just need to be a little bit more sincere about what these, you know, very talented people that entertain us all the time put sister, you know, you know, that, that that do for us. We 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 maybe need to be a little bit more kinder and gentler and nicer. Or maybe we also need to look into what's going on in our world to see what we need to do to better ourselves, to make sure that our mental health is better before we go in it, because it becomes a chain reaction of a situation when we, when, when, when everybody's in a toxic situation, if you're toxic, you're going to go online and spew your toxicity to somebody else. And then it goes for, for, for on and you see an actor or, you know, something that really pisses you off so it was like perfect i'm going to use that and displace my anger on them you never know these celebrities do read their own stuff and they we have seen celebrities like look i'm out i'm done with twitter i'm done with yay yay whatever whatever platform it is they're done because they do read it and it does affect them and regardless if you think that you're gonna that your trolling is gonna make you feel better because it'll make somebody else feel worse you're wrong you're going to feel like that for the rest of your life. And the problem, the fact is you don't have to feel that way. You don't have to do it that way. You don't have to treat people that way. There's a better way to treat people. And if we treat people better, we will not have people like Jason David Frank ending his life the way he did. It takes a little bit more work to be nice, but at the end of the day, it's the best thing that you could possibly do. So if anything to take away from, you know, what just happened with him, Take away the idea that maybe if we are a little bit more nicer, maybe if we care about people a little bit more, maybe if we become a little bit more sincere, empathetic to people and on social media and outside of social media, we can save a lot more people and we could be true heroes out there. That's all I got to say about that. Rest in peace, Jason David Frank. All right, let's talk about some other things. Let's talk about Batman. Let's talk about Kevin Conroy. Let's keep that going. And, you know, we talked about Kevin Conroy and, you know, just the legendary aspect of what he is. But now it's time to really talk because, I mean, there, there will always be a Batman. There will always be somebody portraying the role of Batman. But who right now is considered the best Batman of them all? Who is the pinnacle? of the Wayne, of Wayne Industries here. Um, I mean, we, and, and here, here's my thing too, because I hear this stupid 
I hate her stupid belief a lot or just the saying or, you know, belief and whatnot. An actor is an actor no matter where or how they're acting. That means if an actor is lending their voice and performing a character for a animated, you know, uh, feature, he's still acting. He's still playing a role. If he's doing it live action, he's still playing a role. There's no different because those same actors that do live action every once in a while or often do voice roles and they're still playing a role. Keanu Reeves can be John Wick anytime he want. He could be Neo, but he can also be Johnny Silverhand and, and, and do voice roles there. He could still be Batman on a, on a, uh, on occasion as well. And yes, people forget he is Batman. He has played Batman before on uh, DC legend of super pets <laughs> recently as well too. So, um, you know, but we, we got to ask the question right now, who is standing as the pinnacle of Batman? Not the greatest of all. I mean, you can say the greatest of all time, but we're not going to outlift that theory, but in, of our time right now, you know, it's, we got some great batmans that came about I mean christian bell dark knight but uh arguably ben affleck <laughs> in, in the justice league series arguably because you know there's people who say that he is okay but he did better but i think he was better than other actors who played it robert pattinson is now throwing his hat into the game and many people liked him this if if you guys remember um my review of the batman how much i enjoyed it and this was my first time seeing robert pattinson in anything i didn't watch a twilight series or anything of that nature so this is my first time seeing him i enjoyed him immensely so he's got to be thrown in a hat in my opinion of course at the end of the day all of this what i'm saying right now is subjective i'm not like those you know guys from ign who give off those top lists and then don't put their names on it to say who's wrote who wrote this list because they don't want to be uh chastised or be you're berated or whatever like that like no because I wanted to, I wanted to really jump on somebody about the, the list of uh, best Marvel series, or in movies or Phase Four or whatever like that. It was it was unbelievable putting Falcon and a Winter Soldier in eight. How dare you? Over of all things, Black Widow. <laughs> no, subjective. As well as what I'm about to say here. I mean, you we also got Michael Keaton, who I was I would dare say, really kicked off it's argued to say that like as terms of live action batman he kind of set the standards for the dark knight for the new dark knight because before that we had uh adam west of course which everybody you know felt was like the he was he's the iconic one people don't remember adam west was not the original batman in that in that series he was actually i believe he came after uh because there was somebody else who actually um there was another guy who played Batman in the original, uh, you know, um, 66 Batman series. And uh, let me see if I can find him. Because they switched him eventually uh, to 120 episodes. That's interesting. Let me see. The original Batman. Adam West burnt. They have him. I am pretty sure that Adam West was not the original um batman in that series they i uh, i believe they did switch him on somebody correct me if i'm wrong maybe i'll ask somebody in the acmg facebook group but i don't believe adam west was the first 
I don't I don't believe he was the first. I, I think they may have switched him on it when he did a pilot or something like that. I could be totally wrong there, but I could be thinking William Shatner is Star Trek as well. <laughs> but nonetheless, you know, he is noticeably as like the OG Batman. And that's the that's the Batman that we kind of all looked at as the prototype for what we saw Batman back in the day, you know? And then things changed with Michael Keaton and, and Tim Burton put it in, uh, put it down and kind of changed away forever. But arguably, Kevin Conroy really, really read I mean, the, the Batman animated series took what they, uh, took what was from the Tim Burton movie in 89 and just crafted it even more and use and having Kevin Conroy play that role and with his voice, with his performance, with his demeanor, with his, you know, theatrical Shakespearean, um, you know, manner, he really took it and redefined and perfected what we see in the dark Knight from this day on. So now that everybody, and it is the thing too, like every, when, when people think of Batman, they're not thinking of Michael Keaton in the sense of one of the greatest Batmans of all time. From a movie standpoint, people were. But when you just say overall, Kevin Conroy really just, he played the best Batman and the best Bruce Wayne, you know, at the time. And I don't think anybody's really going to top that as great as they are. If you just base it on movies alone, then you got to kind of give a nod to Christian Bale, who kind of really kind of edged off of the Kevin Conroy style. Um, but Christopher Nolan, you know, made it really kind of a realistic take on it. But then Michael Keaton is kind of like, he, he is to Kevin, uh, like Michael Keaton is to, uh, the movies is what Adam West was to the TV series at the time. But, and then I, I, I can't mention Val Kim or George Clooney. Like when George Clooney played Batman, I immediately hated George Clooney because I hated, first of all, this is when they, uh, I mean, basically Michael Keaton was no longer doing, you know, the Batman series and they tried to, you know, and, and neither was Tim Burton for that matter. And they tried to, um, make some changes, do something different. They gave it to Val Kilmer at the time. And it wasn't Val Kilmer that everybody was looking at when, you know, the, the Batman series, that new Batman movie came out. It was Jim Carrey as the Riddler, which stood out and became the, it was like the best thing to see in that movie. We weren't looking at it to, like Val Kilmer was just a background thought on that show, on that movie. Um, and then on top of that, like after that, George Clooney came in and did Batman and Robin after Batman Forever. And it was just really bad. Um, he even admitted that he it was a terrible movie and the whole back cart thing and, and the suit and all the stuff. Um, nobody we need to talk about like Van Vader as Bane or, um, you know, or, or Arnold Schwarzenegger as, um, as Mr. Freeze or whatnot, man, it was just too, it was so much going on there. Um, but then, you know, again, Conroy, he just, he capitalized it. Now I'm gonna bring up somebody else too. Who's probably the closest thing to Kevin Conroy right now. And that's Trey Baker. And I mentioned him once Trey Baker is just, you know, credit where credit is due. He is phenomenal at what he does i am a huge fan of him um just based on his performance alone he's just tremendous i you know i like i first got into troy baker when 
they did a, the mobile game i mentioned this before they did the mobile game um infinity blade and his infinity blade free uh three in fact was his first was my first uh discovery of him and his voice was so polarizing and like i i i i, I couldn't get over like how really he kind of reminded me of peter he get his his presence in his performance reminded me of that of peter cullen because of that deep rusty rugged you know type of voice that you know masculine voice um that peter cullen does so well trey baker was able to capture that too but then i learned more that trey baker does so many other different awesome voices he could do he could do a great uh mark hamill joker and he could do a great you know kevin conroy style batman because he did it in batman origins so i mean if anybody to take over the helm i mean it's it's definitely him it is definitely him for that matter and i mean there's so many other people that has played the role that did a fairly good job to a pretty good job um jason o'mara I, I would be remiss he did the he was the batman for the uh new 52 animated movies uh that dc animation did and i thought he did pretty well he wasn't like the best batman ever but he i thought he did the job and did it as good as he could possibly good um man it was just i mean there's there's a ton of celebrities out here who played batman as some um or you know that and, and uh actors that play batman in some form or fashion but the initial guys you know chris uh christian bell like um robert pattinson now is in that helm michael keaton adam west kevin conroy the fact that kevin conroy is being put up to the standards of live action actors tells you a lot and i hate when people put in that excuse they're like no as far as animation goes no it doesn't matter it does not matter at all you cannot just try to differentiate and try to put a contrast on it too no a performance is a performance if if it compelled you as much as it did in the live action yo you gotta give the respect that you do and kevin conroy just killed it like i don't see anything different that he does from just voicing in a booth to what somebody does in real action you still got to put it in the same format I, there is you, you're not going to convince me you're so not going to convince me of that um it's just a way that things have been categorized that's all but actors are actors at the end of the day and arguably you can argue it if you want a lot of people really don't kevin conroy when they think batman when they read the comic books when they play the video games when they play the video games for the most part especially the arkham series you're going to hear kevin conroy's voice anyway so that that doesn't help it either or in the injustice uh, games as well he is he is the batman and a lot of people's well i mean i don't think i'm gonna have a, a, a lot of people argue that there's gonna be a, like a vocal minority of people that's gonna argue that in my opinion I, I truly believe this if i even put up a poll which i may which absolutely i may i you know i I'm, i would i would put money that kevin conroy would be in the top votes he would get the top votes for this guaranteed so i mean again my opinion and it is an opinion and it is subjective but i would put money that i'm not alone on that situation either so um the good thing is the legacy of the batman will live on forever but the legacy of kevin conroy will live along with it as the you know as the standard of which you should be when you're playing that role so whether it be live action or animated so there you go all right simu louis and I'm hope I'm not butchering that name. <laughs> uh, you know him as Shang, uh, Shang-Chi from, um, you know, the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, 
one of the hottest new actors in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, clap back at one of the most one of the most iconic and legendary directors in Hollywood, and that be the beloved Quentin Tarantino. I'm still a fan of Quentin Tarantino, but I just don't understand a situation where every established iconic figure in Hollywood has to put their two cents about the current state of Hollywood right now. And undoubtedly, that's actually more of a compliment than it is an insult to Marvel because that they're putting they're you know, they're renting space in the likes of Quentin Tarantino and Martin Scorsese, you know, um, you know, head. These movies make a hell of a lot of money. They make a hell of a lot of money, okay? And they get a lot of exposure. They got, you know, the these movies have acquired respect of a lot of not even just the movies, the TV series as well, because they're all connect. Recently, in some articles, uh, we found that uh, Quentin Tarantino has doubled down on the idea that these Marvel movies are crap, that they're not considered cinema. This is kind of repeating off of the words of Martin Scorsese as well, who also mentioned you know his disdain for marvel movies as a genre not worthy of uh the term cinema their opinion of course they're subjective as well what pisses me off about quentin tarantino of all people is that he's mouthing off about the genre maybe i don't please do not tell me that this there's no no sense of jealousy or resentment going on between these guys all these all these guys that are trying to gatekeep this this um the ideas and the philosophies of what we as fans should love as and movies do not tell me that there's no sense of jealousy and resentment coming from some of the most legendary figures in hollywood there is because one there's so much money being made from this and i think that's what's killing it that so many people are going out of their way to see these movies because as great as Martin Scorsese is, as great as Quentin Tarantino is, not everybody's going out to see their movies like they are with, um, like they are with, like with these Marvel movies. Goodfellas, phenomenal movie. Nobody, just the, people weren't crowding in, 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 you know, lines or or selling out, you know, uh, seats in the theaters at rapid time to see this movie. Taxi Driver. 1976 people weren't going out of their way to see these movies the irishman the wolf of wall street as great as the wolf of wall street is as great as that movie is and everybody loves this movie but nobody i mean and it made a lot of money in the box office but truth be told people weren't clamoring to see it and then we learned after the fact that you know it made i mean it made 406 not uh six mil in the box office i'm sorry the marvel movies are just making more than that they're much more anticipated you know um that's just the reality that you got to play and the problem is it, it, here's my problem well first of all let's talk about what what he said um samu went out on twitter brave man <laughs> and put out there he said if the if and, and this is i totally agree so if only if the only uh, gatekeepers to movie stardom came from Tarantino and Scorsese, I would have never 
have made the opportunity to lead a 400 million dollar plus movie i'm at all of their filmmaking genius everybody is they are transcendent uh artists archer if you will i i'll move on <laughs> but they don't get their point uh they don't get to point their nose at me or anyone which they absolutely did and i believe quentin tarantino don't quote me but he said it something in a sense of if you know actors are doing you know marvel movies they're not really actors that's an insult to every single actor but not only just every single actor but actors who probably worked on his movies because there are actors who worked on his movies that are ended up on um in a marvel movie in some form or fashion to legendary figures of hollywood who's been in a marvel movie to i can't even i can't even count off my hand how many oscar winning actors who are doing marvel movies right now there are oscar winners who have done who are doing work on uh, marvel movies whether they're acting or directing or producing how dare he go off on a tangent like that simu um goes on to say no movie studios is or ever will be perfect but i'm proud to uh, uh to work with one of the uh, one that has sustained effort to improve diversity on screen by creating heroes that empower and inspire people of all communities everywhere i love the golden age too but it was all white as hell where's the lie where is the lie there okay um the biggest thing that quentin tarantino has really done in terms of diversity was Django unchained which was you know the, which was an awesome movie but and, and jamie fox was the heroine of that movie but it was not without its controversial thing of having um leonardo dicaprio just say the n-word at a record amount of times that's his claim to fame his claim to fame is trying to be edgy it, the irony of this almost the hypocrisy of this is that quentin tarantino at one point his series of movies his filmmaking was looked at in almost in the same fashion that other people were that, that, that scorsese was looking at. like people wasn't feeling quentin tarantino's edgy type of storytelling not everybody that's just the reality and i mean what's the problem if you're that good of a filmmaker make a film that everybody's going to want to see making it like he freaking made kill bill which was like what it was so good that people absolutely wanted to see a another film so he decided not to make other film marvel comes in and makes some really awesome films what what, what are we supposed to do <laughs> these guys are making awesome and not only that i would also argue to both martin scorsese and quentin tarantino and maybe they have i don't know but i have reason to believe that these guys are popping off the mouth when they actually haven't even watched they have not watched one movie or tv series i just finished watching just yesterday binging because we could do that now binging off of um falcon and the winter soldier that's one of the series that like it's all right yes it's a superhero movie but the 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 con the nature of that series is stemming off of re things of reality right off the cuffs of you know Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor and all and, and um 
and George Floyd and everything that was going on at the time, it brought messages and narratives that we need to see more. It brought out some things that we needed to see realistically. When was the last time Quentin Tarantino ever put out a movie that really kind of brought messages? I mean, like I said, you could say that to Django Unchained, but I mean, come on. It, it Yeah, he addressed some things on air, but he also got away with some things as well on air. I just don't I, like I will never discredit him because I love Quentin Tarantino. I love every virtually every movie that he's ever done. I don't know if I, I don't honestly, I don't know if there's a movie that I haven't liked that he's done. I'm just saying, like, it's OK. And, and if he feels, dude, if he feels that he can make a movie that will get people's attention then make the movie, don't try to hate on somebody else because they're getting all the fame. Maybe it's something maybe look into why we like what we're seeing in here because maybe we're seeing some things that we can relate to maybe there are characters in these movies and these tv series that we can you know relate to and look up to and we're not looked at as something other than a stereotype or a or a slave or whatever like that how about start making characters that we absolutely can enjoy that we can you know look up to yeah Django was dope Jamie Foxx was dope as Django. He was the guy that we wanted to see just, you know, kill all the slave masters. And all this. That's great. Let's see some more narrative stats. Let's see, you know, you know, uh, people of color, like Simu said, come in there and, and make a difference. Make movies like that. Don't just try to hate on the whole entire genre of things. Try to see what we like about it and do something of that nature not to say that you need to create a or him or martin scorsese need to create a, a a superhero film or anything or a comic book film but create something that we can appeal to and maybe that's the case that you're not understanding because you want things the way that you want it to be because you don't like the way change is happening you know i i just i just hate this this is what i fear about growing old i don't want to be bitter I don't I, I I am so afraid of becoming a bitter old person and being like sold on my ways I don't want to be that person I want to be like Stan Lee where like he just you know he didn't mind the fact that like Peter Parker and MJ split up because of Mephisto like which broke a lot of people's heart he didn't mind what John Cusada uh was doing in Marvel he didn't mind changes because he, he understood storylines need to change. You need to liven up things every once in a while. This guy, you know, he left us in his 90s with an understanding of evolution, of change. This is a guy who was in, you know, in, in the 60s fighting for our civil rights through through his uh, narratives and his editorials and his soapboxes or whatnot. That's what we need. You know, so if you guys want to stay in your own bubble, that's fine. We'll still enjoy your films, but you know, you're just going to have to, you're, you're going to die out, unfortunately, you know, because you're not, you're not looking to evolve. So I, I it is what it is. And it ain't what it ain't on that note, as, as one would say. So last thing I want to talk about is, you know, I, I don't think anybody should be surprised. I'm not the best holiday dude. Like I grew up a Jehovah's Witness for God's sake. <laughs> but after I decided not to, you know, practice that doctrine, I decided to just try to, you know, see what the, you know, big deal was when I 
I grew up as a Jehovah's Witness and I never got a chance to enjoy the holidays like everybody else. So by the time I was old enough, it didn't really phase me anymore. But, you know, which is why I understand more than ever about why people get so pressured and feel like they are so obligated when they don't want to be obligated or they don't feel comfortable during the holidays under certain circumstances about some things. I get it. I totally get it. But there are some things I do partially enjoy. I do. I, I enjoy the holidays mostly for other people, and that's usually a wrong way to do it. But there's some parts of the holidays that I do enjoy just the the spirit of it all what it should be not what it is <laughs> it's reality um but with that there are some times i do enjoy a good christmas special or something every once in a while and thanks to marvel and a few other deals i now have a consummate list an annual list that is slightly building of movies and shows and you know specials that i actually wouldn't mind watching every year and in, in, in the spirit of things so I got like three, maybe four, maybe five, actually. Actually, no, guaranteed five. Um, things that I'm gonna be watching every year. So that is actually Christmas themed. One, people forget, like we're talking about the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special that just came out right now. We cannot forget Hawkeye, which last year was absolutely an entire special series that was Christmas themed, which by the way, I will be watching this week. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to add that to your list hawkeye was awesome now it, it did the same it once again marvel studios did their thing you know making a standalone deal for hawkeye introducing kate bishop uh bringing back officially bringing back kingpin which then led to us seeing daredevil now in, in different aspects um adding you know bringing in echo the introduction of her as well and you know the uh sweatsuit uh sweatsuit mafia <laughs> too so you get to see a lot of awesome really things in this movie it's a great little comedic type of deal but also to further hawkeye and it, what, what was going on after the events of uh end game and whatnot and stuff so but it was also christmas theme and his journey to try to you know help kate bishop with her situation but also get back home before christmas time absolutely a christmas special that i recommend everybody watch every year um another one is something i, I actually um you know reviewed last year and absolute love because as a gamer this is to my heart <laughs> so i mean the, the one thing that led me to watching this because i don't really like a lot of christmas movies barely it really I, i'm the type of person like kind of the diehard you know movies where it's like it's not really a christmas movie but because there's christmas elements in there they consider it a christmas movie i'm type of that but this one right here which i reviewed last year really got the gamer in me on netflix of course eight bit christmas starring neil patrick harris i always highly recommend that because it's him talking about his memories of getting the original nintendo entertainment system and as a person who grew up during that era um you know this was really a great movie that just really focused on nostalgia of things and people a lot of things that people can relate to growing up during that time it was just so awesome and you know it's neil patrick harris dude like he he's just it's party people he's awesome it's doogie <laughs> you can't have a, you know, a better you know type of deal with that in there so always recommend that i just finished and i mentioned this before just finished playing which i'm going to be doing every year now around this time spider-man miles morales i don't know if the last time you guys have actually played that game but if you guys remember it starts off 
during the holiday season they the whole thing is like talking about um you know christmas in the very beginning of the uh series and it's a whole holiday it's like during the holiday season that they're having this they you know miles and uh his mom um mia who also is running for office you know they're celebrating uh christmas with finn and and, and uh, genki as well so there's some side missions that are christmas related as well when he tries to save the toys for feast um to make sure that you know the underprivileged kids get their um toys so there's a lot of christmas themes in the christmas aspect on uh spider-man miles morales and it's just an absolutely great great series that not only just you know gives you the christmas feel in there but also it's one of the most empowering games played uh, ever played i would say to this day in one of the most empowering games or it has the more empowering moments in a game, especially during 2020. And I put out a video, uh, which you can see on the ACMG Facebook group. And I also put that out on the new Hive social uh, page, which you could go to at Xavier Josiah on Hive. And you can find it there as well on my platform there. Uh, but I put out a video, um, you know, just focusing on did i put together just focusing on that moment you know where miles you know he helps everybody in the neighborhood and they look out for him and they give him the new suit but they put it in a in a area where there's a big black lives matter mural and i gotta tell you man when i first got a chance to see that during what and come on if you guys remember like i know that we live in a short intention society but we should never forget 2020 and everything that went on there and as a black man you know trying to piece all this together everything that was going on with covid and then all these you know really you know wrongfully you know um just wrongful situations with george floyd and Ahmaud aubrey and brianna taylor and and just the chaos that was going on during the time to see to play a game that you've been waiting to play for um quite some time that you were anticipating enjoying the game immensely and it just happened to be one of your favorite comic book characters and then along with that as a black gamer to come across that and to see a mural that says black lives matter which means you know you're getting the back and support of sony marvel and insomniac games i got so emotional from that moment it was two times emotional you know watching uh you know playing that game in my experience with Final Fantasy VII Remake. I mean, it, two of the most pivotal games of 2020, bar none. But Miles Morales, that game had so much going for it. And, you know, every year I'm going to be playing that game just, out of, you know, for the holiday season as well. I will give an honorable mention. And if anybody's ever played Saint Rose 4, uh, which is a hilarious, hilarious game. I never thought in my life that I would enjoy or even play a St. Rose game because I thought it was just like a Grand Theft Auto deal, but it's more like a spoof of Grand Theft Auto. But there's so much to like about this game. The story is just crazy. Keith David is in there as the president of the United States. Um, and it, it's just, it, no, he's not the president of the United States. He's, I think he's the secretary or whatever like that, but he's in the game because you're the president of the United States. But in the game, there's extra DLC in there. Um, and there is DLC that is Christmas related in here as well. And it's just, it's so out of pocket. <laughs> so, and like, and I'm talking out of pocket in the adult swim sense, 
uh so if you you know it's on the switch nails on you know all all different uh, platforms you can definitely go get it and really for a good price too it's really cheap um now like i think i like under 20 to get that full game experience and, and the dlc comes with it as well too so uh might want to go out there and uh check it out and the fifth one i would recommend is one i'm going to recommend on our talk topic this week so folks that will do it for what's new in the world of acmg i'm going to take a break come back and when i do we'll talk about that fifth recommendation that is guardians of the galaxy the holiday special we'll give we'll talk about everything that happened in that spectacular one hour special and we'll do that right after this ladies and gentlemen this is dax xavier josiah the host of acmg presents talk time live the podcast you want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime comics movies and games such as this is miley Flanagan, the voice of naruto this is stephanie shea the voice of sailor moon this is ruben langdon voice of ken masters and dante from devil may cry hey there this is kyle abear the voice of ryu from street fighter 5 this is chris battle character designer of team titans go here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon, and in the name of the moon, you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Do it. And now, it's time for our Talk Topic of the Week. Ready? Wait! Folks, we're back with our Talk Topic of the Week, and I'm here to review Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, Disney Plus's latest and maybe greatest special coming from Marvel Studios. Um, Man, they've been dropping them off like crazy, and I have been enjoying the ride for probably since 2008 <laughs> it's just but uh it is not slowing down one bit and now we got james gunn still with the company at the moment um it looks like he still may be with the company for a little bit longer but you know he we all know now that he's going to dc uh studios to really rebuild and restructure the format of that uh series and god bless him i think if anybody can do it he can um but he still has some Guardians duties to do. Uh, he still worked on uh, Volume 3 that's still going on right now. But in the midst of all this, they were able to do a holiday special. Maybe one of two holiday specials coming. Uh, this one was absolutely awesome. We've been waiting to see what this has been about. And uh, lo and behold, man, this lived up to the hype. This was absolutely fantastic. This, in, in fact, maybe as far as when i talk about top rank christmas specials this may be my all-time favorite what they did with this was just so awesome and there's so much to you know look into and pick out and, and just let's just get into it it's just this was just so awesome i noticed something different here is that like they had original music this is the first time a guardians of the galaxy uh anything that james gunn was involved in that was guardians of the galaxy had um no actual music from like classics no no classic ballads or whatever like that like we would normally see it was all original christmas music partially from his band i believe the old 97s uh that contribute a lot to this so i thought that was interesting but you know what it was greatly welcomed because the songs that were picked were so hilarious and they kind of 
you know, created partially the narrative of everything going on and help with the comedy of everything. It was it was so awesome. I hope they come up with a soundtrack for this because some of the songs, the, the one song that they did, um, we'll talk about that again. But it, the one song they, they did to talk about, you know, how Christmas was was just absolutely amazing. But let's talk about the story of this. Mantis and the Guardians wanted to cheer Star-Lord Peter Quill up for the holidays after losing Gamora and being taken from Earth for so long and not being able to uh, have a family gathering for the holidays. Mantis thought this would be uh, a great way to lighten the mood so she can reveal a secret that only her and Drax knew and that she uh, was keeping from Peter for so long. And that was that she is actually his sister, um, you know, through ego, which I thought was, I was blown away by that news because it's like something that you didn't think of. And it kind of made sense. It really made sense of this nature. Drax comes up with the idea of acquiring Kevin Bacon, the savior of many dance battles, apparently, uh, in, in horror movies or whatnot, to help give Peter a Christmas that he would never forget. And I'm sure he did. <laughs> the two travel to Earth to seek uh, to see Kevin Bacon while visiting many Hollywood, uh, many of Hollywood's um, many interesting sites. Here's some key points through this whole entire special that I just wrote down here, basically. So let's start with the beginning opening intro, because I, I think a lot of, you know, people who didn't grow up in the eighties understand why they did this intro the way with the, with the, uh, rainbow lights and, and beams and, and lasers just flying by. Um, people probably going to think that's from Asgard or whatever is Asgardian or whatever. No, the, that intro is paying homage to a lot of old school CBS holiday specials that started off like that. It is absolutely. If you go back, if you can find it, you go back anytime there was a, uh, a, a type of a CBS special or Hollywood special, they've had this really awesome, epic, like intro that you knew that just made, made you sure, made sure that you knew that it was a new special coming up to something that you were anticipating, maybe a Christmas cartoon or a holiday cartoon or the peanuts or whatever like that. But it, it was always an indication letting you know that like, this is a special that you're about to see. So it's also that Marvel studios went to do the same thing and followed by, you know, using a, uh, you know, the, the Marvel logo, the Marvel studios logo, you know, trimmed with, um, Christmas lighting in there as well. So I thought that was really cool. And they did that before they actually, the first time they did that was with werewolf by night. So they did that too. And I, I don't think I've mentioned it before, but that's where that's coming from. You go back and try to find the old CBS, uh, opening, uh, sequence to see, uh, that little montage that they did with that. Uh, then it starts with the animated flashback that pays homage to, and, and first of all, we all, I don't know to how many people actually knew, but they did mention this, that this Christmas special was a blatant, blatant homage to the old Star Wars Christmas special, which you can easily find on uh, YouTube, which people, that was a cult classic thing, but in reality, it was not a good special. It didn't really, look, it didn't really give Star Wars, it did good and it did bad for Star Wars. It was so memorable, but it was remembered for just being not really that good, but also it was remembered for the fact that beat author from the Golden Girls and Maud was also in there as well. And they had an animated, a really cool animated movie or feature uh, starring Bubba Fett in there as well. So like I said, you can find that on YouTube and it's actually like a movie's length 
of time in there as well. Um, but they also, Guardians of the Galaxy also did a animated flashback that paid homage to the Boba Fett, you know, factor of the special featuring Michael Roker returning as Jantu, reprising that role in this, which, which is awesome. Uh, in the animated scene, Peter and Craglin, played by Sean Gunn, uh, puts together a little Christmas celebration on, on the ship when Yandu rejects the entire idea. He becomes a Grinch, if you will, <laughs> in this case. So this is uh, Craglin telling the story to the rest of the Guardians. And as they watch Peter, very kind of looking very sad at time because i mean this is during the time like after in game gamora's not with them at the moment uh, i i think this is probably right after this is taking place right after thor left them from uh god of thunder so you know they they're dealing with that but interestingly enough we learn that the guardians purchased the planet nowhere from the collector who apparently is still alive at the events of Endgame because if last time we saw or even heard about the collector he uh Thanos met with him and he from what it looked like he uh, we all thought that he killed him and that's not the case the collector's still alive and he was able to buy you know he was able to buy nowhere so they own nowhere and they were trying to renovate the whole thing up um during this time Quill's walking one of the um citizens or alien citizens of you know nowhere were you know stop Peter to listen to a song that they came up because they heard about some of the traditions that uh from cosmo and in cragland and in rocket and everybody about one of the traditions known as christmas so he decided to check it out listen and it becomes this song called i don't know what christmas is but christmas time is here <laughs> which starts off really nice and peter's down with it like okay that's cool and, and, and take note that the, the um the band claims that they just started learning how to use the instruments and started learning how to you know work all this thing and wanted to see how they came off they actually came off tremendously well and the song actually depicts santa as a superpower crook who terrorizes people around the world within 14 hours of a christmas day <laughs> the band also known as the old 97s which i mentioned was uh james gunn's band also mentions in the song that mrs claus works the pole rather than lives in the north pole <laughs> or works in the north pole and it was just absolutely hilarious and it's probably one of the best christmas songs i've ever heard <laughs> and as they're singing it peter's just at he's just perplexed and he's just like at all at the fact that they're this is what they got out of what christmas was about which is totally not what christmas is about and he, he was the look on his face whenever they mentioned something that was just like total misinformation about Christmas. He was like, no, this is not, this is, I can let it. And they put the camera onto other citizens in nowhere. And they're, they're just appalled at the story that they're hearing about this, you know, Santa Claus that like Peter loves so well. And it's like, no, this is not what, Peter, you know, Santa Claus is about here. So that happened. And then we also get um, our first actual official parents of Cosmo. We've seen Cosmo before, you know, in, in like uh, volume two with Howard the Duck. But this is the actual first time we get to see uh, and hear Cosmo. And if you guys know in the comics and maybe the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, animated series as well, Cosmos is a is a Soviet dog that was sent into, uh, you know, space 
They never saw that dog again. He was collected by the collector and for some reasons gained telepathic and telekinetic abilities while being able to talk using this machine that can translate his uh, what he says. And him in, in the comics and in the cartoon and whatever like that, um, him and Rocket have somewhat of a relationship, a kind of a buddy-buddy Brian Stewie type of relationship where it's kind of like a it, depending on which version of them you you know check out it's like they they like each other they don't like each other but they work together in this type of way so which was interesting uh we see rocket trying to help cosmo train to uh use uh their telekinetic abilities this version of cosmos appears to have the voice of a in persona of a young russian child thanks to Barat actor Maria Bakalova, uh, Baklova. and I was so I was so excited to know that that was her because she was absolutely hilarious. Like when you when you perform and do stuff like that, you deserve to be in a Marvel film <laughs> because you're just they're just when, whenever you see somebody like that on on a Marvel film, that's just them like one acquiring the talents, two really praising the talents that they have by having them on air and it was just awesome that she's now a part of the team so um we're gonna see some rocket and cosmo team most possibly and hopefully in uh volume three also noticeable here is groot's new form groot still a kid but i guess now is like really a teenager i guess i don't i don't know what they still call him a kid but he's really tall uh he still has kind of a baby groot type of head but his body is like like older group but he's kind of stocky this time he's like really really stocky this time it's it was, this version of Groot is really weird looking in a sense it's still cool to see him that way but it's really weird because he moved I don't know what I was really kind of wondering is like is that a suit like an actual prosthetic suit that somebody's wearing or is that actual CG I don't know because his movements was even a little bit more uh agile and active than it was than ever was before so it was really pretty noticeable there pretty a lot of fun too but drax and mantis uh you know is in hollywood during the time and they're getting paid majorly for getting pictures taken by tourists in hollywood uh we see mantis with just like just uh, holding like a an entire like both arms full of money as they're going along drax and, and one of probably the most unique and significant scenes of this series and there's a lot of them but apparently drax encounters a cosplayer dressed up like psykill from the gobots and he is ready to kill him as if his name was thanos and mantis has to hold him off telling you know the guy in in the taurus like you gotta you gotta excuse him gobots killed his cousins acknowledging that GoBots exist in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> First of all, shout out to the to whoever put together, whoever created that uh, Psykill costume, because that was awesome. But the idea that the of all of all things, of all characters, the GoBots, the what we call in Philadelphia the 52nd Street version of the Transformers. The idea that the GoBots exist, of quote, apparently, allegedly exist in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And not the Transformers, because fun fact, the Transformers used to be a Marvel comic. But the GoBots exist 
in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in some form or fashion, I swear to goodness, if they don't come back to this in some form or fashion in volume three and we see Psykill or Turbo or Leader One or somebody, even Scooter for God's sake, make a cameo appearance there, I will, be, I, I, I may be partially upset. <laughs> yeah, how dare they use this? <laughs> it's like, huh? Would you, you know how serious Marvel fans take when you say something like that? So like, we're leave to believe that the GoBots are real in the world of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Just priceless. Only James Gunn. <laughs> so like just no more than like a minute or two into the into the montage or whatever like that. We see Drax beating up Psykill while Mantis continues to take pics with Taurus. <laughs> oh my God. Dave Bautista is just awesome. He's just fantastic. Drax and Mantis um, then goes partying in a gay bar while, you know, in still search of Kevin Bacon. And they're just having a time of their life in there as well. And uh, just drinking all the way, giving up all the money just to drink and all the stuff. They just, they're just enjoying life right now. Um, failing to find Bacon and losing money getting drunk, Mantis uses her powers to persuade a woman to provide them with a star map. Uh, to the house using her tele uh, uh, to her telepathy as well as taking her money as well all of her money so he it's just so many stupid funny moments this you know what this this uh, series reminds me of if anybody watches Family Guy like every year or every season there's always an episode that's just focused on Stewie and Brian this is one of those Stewie and Brian moments and it, they're using this using uh drax and um mantis which is awesome because you know in volume two we kind of see them kind of slightly connect and now we're seeing the progression of their connection um in in this path here so they're like pretty much really buddy buddy right now uh, in this part so mantis showing off her new fighting skills was also awesome too like we, we like this was so great because we this special really got a we got a chance to really see Mantis stand out because we didn't really we got to see her partially stand out. We got to see her a little bit on volume, you know, uh, two. We got to see her on uh, Infinity War, but this was really her kind of a standalone ish type of situation. And her teaming up with Drax was really good and I thought really helped establish her more into the Guardians than we ever uh got a chance to see and they did so well so i'm i've i've always been a mantis fan before but i'm really a mantis fan now <laughs> in this case so we see get to see her her fighting skills and abilities all through this uh epi, you know this uh this uh special mantis and drax finally getting a chance to meet kevin bacon weird him out scares him to death by running into his place and he's running and trying to get away from him but we see mantis also you know approach him and try to apprehend him using some spider-man like agility in here as well like i said we really get to see mantis what mantis can do and what she's capable of she is not only a really fun character she's also a badass she is no joke <laughs> so if she's doing all this on a movie i hope to see a lot more of her getting into action in volume three i, I really do because they they kind of gave us a, a lot to look forward to let's talk about the six degrees as kevin bacon here and if, what it involves uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Because the reason why they went for Kevin Bacon, and this is, everything's coming full circle. If you guys remember, if you've been following, Kevin Bacon was the inspiration for Peter beating Ronan 
and volume one doing a dance-off competition in the original series which was based around kevin bacon's role in footloose so getting kevin bacon on this series and him agreeing and willfully agreeing to be on this special after james gunn uh called him um to which he said in interviews he's like he instantly like he's all about this I'm, I'm so for this i love the movie i didn't realize i was even being you know shouted out in the movie until i saw it <laughs> you know um and referenced until he saw the movie he was ecstatic so he was more than wanting to be a part of this as well they took before they did they could you know again uh mantis takes her telepathy power and um you know it persuades him to come with them to go see uh peter before they do they look at this gift this holiday gift shop they took all of the inventory from the gift shop not just some they took everything and packed it into their ship to go to nowhere and decorate nowhere for peter mantis and drax realizing <laughs> that, Ke that kevin bacon is just an actor was just hilarious because they really thought that he was just hero and everything like they do i, I would have been i would have been really it would have been really funny if they got david hasselhoff at some point but um the same thing probably would have happened to david hasselhoff when they found out he was just an actor but they found out that you know kevin bacon was not the hero that they thought peter was telling them in fact that he's an actor playing these roles because they thought that he killed off jason Voorhees. and i'm like wait i don't remember him killing jason Voorhees, but he corrected him and saying like no i got an arrow through my neck toward that time and they put two and two together like oh my god he's an actor and for some reason the idea that he's an actor appalled them i didn't know that the guardians hated actors like everybody thought that everybody in the guardians felt like except for peter felt that actors was like just disgusting <laughs> they all of it so I thought that was hilarious um mantis then commands him to pretend to be the hero that peter thinks he is and kevin started with this australian or british accent and then went off to pretend that he was batman <laughs> so we get a dc little nod in a marvel film i love it and i love when they go back and forth because that's just showing love it's almost the same way when you see uh the simpsons make fun of family guy or family guy makes fun of the simpsons or family guy makes fun of you know bob's burger to some extent i love seeing that because it, it means that there's a little bit of respect a roasting respect to that nature between the two kevin decide uh wait no i'm going here but um while peter is uh surprised and they had a really beautiful scene where you know they lure peter out in front of nowhere and lo and behold they decorated the entire place and it's beautifully lit up it looks awesome and peter's just at all at the idea that like you know they decorated the place for the holidays for him and they started doing this whole christmas theme for him and everything seemed all joyful and everything until group brought out the box which started shaking and they heard this voice come out of there and peter was amazed and everything until he realized that they kidnapped kevin bacon and he just was like he was so upset um he orders them to make sure that you know they take uh kevin home he makes he tries to calm you know kevin down and says whatever you do just don't run everything will be all right but just don't run right now he lets him go kevin bacon runs and he then says please go get kevin bacon and 
Nebula all of a sudden like gets her gun. He tells him not to kill him. She goes out and says, you can't run from you can't run away from me, Bacon. So we got that situation going on there. He then decides, you know, he's, you know, Cracklin's taking him back, but he explains to him why the Guardians went all of their way to do what they did and everything, which kind of like warmed Kevin's heart. Somehow Kevin gets, you know, phone reception from eons away from space. Uh, Cracklin explains to him that like they get a lot of big receptions from the satellites they get. So he has really strong, you know, 5G connection apparently in space. And this is when she, you know, Kevin tells his wife, like, if you might not, you know, stay a little bit longer and try to cheer up some people for Christmas and everything and leads to Kevin performing uh in front of the crowd and everything with the uh with the uh band that was doing that really crazy song so he stays he stays in uh you know with the citizens of nowhere and performing for them there's a moment when kevin's performing where we see gamora jamming to the song and it's just weird almost like elaine from seinfeld dance it's really awesome it is so freaking awesome so while they're doing this um, song, this Christmas montage, we see all the gifts that were given, including Groot making dioramas for the entire team that, you know, chronicles everything that happened leading up to, you know, this point of them performing. Groot gets the original Game Boy from Peter, which is awesome. It's like the actual original Game Boy. It looks like in mint condition too. <laughs> like, okay, what, what battery power are you going to use to energize that? That's going to be interesting. Cosmo gives Cracklin a dead alien creature under the same fashion that a dog would give a uh, dead squirrel or a cat would give a dead bird to your, you know, to the owners, which is always fun. I had one cat who actually used to do that. He would, she would capture a bird and bring it into my sister's room every time. It's just awesome. Uh, not really bad, but kind of awesome at the same time because it freaked my sister out to no end. Um, the terms of endearment, it's the thought that counts. Mantis gives Drax the elf that they kind of stole from Kevin Bacon's place as well, but no gift, and I mean no gift, is bigger than Nebula getting Rocket the actual arm from Winter Soldier. It looked like, their part of it looks like it was the original, but it looks like the original arm, the first arm that he had from like Civil War. But it, then you turn and looks to the light. It actually looks like the recent arm that he actually wore. <laughs> and, you know, just a few months back with um, the Winter Soldier and uh, with the uh, with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and the one he wore at uh, Endgame. I, the best. You couldn't top that. You really could not top that because that was a whole full circle thing. If you guys remember in Infinity War, he asked, you know, Peter, he asked uh, Bucky, you know, to buy that arm off. He never got it. He got it now. So which I am waiting for the follow up for this. I'm waiting for two follow ups now. I want to see a GoBot up here for some reason, somewhere, somehow on volume three. But we need to see a follow up of uh, Bucky and his damn arm. It, it has to happen. They got to bring it up. It has to happen. They will bring it up. I know they will. I just, I'm just looking forward to this because that's a huge thing right there for him to have. And then Kevin leaves nowhere to go home and tells them very interestingly that he will see them on Easter, which at the time seemed interestingly weird to say 
Mantis and Quill have their moment together and where Peter tells her um, the rest of the story of what happened with Yondu and Christmas. So we go back into the animated flashback and see Yondu finds his present, which turns out to be the green little squishy toy that you see at the uh, at the dashboard of the ship in volume one of Guardians of the Galaxy or volume two as well. So feeling heart warm hearted, Yondu returns the favor, gave Quill a gift as well, which turns out to be the blasters, the infamous blasters that we see in, you know, every comic book on the Guardians of the Galaxy video game or, you know, everywhere. It's the iconic, now iconic blasters that we uh, see Peter with. And uh, he was the re Yondu's the reason why he has it. He was the one that gave it to him. Now, funny thing about those blasters is if, depending on where you look at, there's a different origin for those blasters, depending on where you go. If you played the recent Guardians of the Galaxy game, that didn't come from Yandu. Those blasters came from Peter's father in the video game, the uh, Square Enix video game that came out uh, was it last year or the year before. Um, so that's that. And they also have different abilities in the video game as well. I don't know the origin of them in the video and in the comics. I don't know if they even have an origin. I think I feel like they, they just created an origin for them, you know, now in the comics because, they're you know, we see them all the time with them. I got to look that up. I really do got to look that up. But we also uh, during that time, we, you know, we find out that, you know, they end up actually having a good Christmas after all. So it's not to say that all the work that, you know, Mantis and, and uh, Drax did was for not. But, you know, it really helped ease Mantis reveal that she is Peter's sister, to which Peter very happily took in the news and said that this is the greatest Christmas gift of all which then brought Mantis to tears and they had a hugging moment. It's really an incredibly sweet moment there. And from that point, we go into credits, but there is a post credit scene, which I mentioned in connection to what Kevin Bacon said. The post credit scene has Rocket and Cosmo dress grew up like a Christmas tree, but fails because he just put it down. So they just, you know, they, they said you ruined, Cosmo's like, you ruined Christmas. Rocket looks at the camera almost breaking the fourth wall there and says, well, I guess we got to have another special then revealing that we're getting another Guardians of the Galaxy special coming. This is you couldn't you could not have made a better Christmas. James Gunn. Boy, I, I, Marvel has to be on their knees thinking that they made they made a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> you know, letting, letting him go because if you guys remember of all the stuff that was going on you know with the cancel culture situation and you know they almost lost out and they, they actually they kind of still did because now james gunn is james gunn is now working with dc studios this is cause and effect if they had not let go james gunn before we would not have gotten a Suicide Squad movie as great as we did, followed by Peacemaker, followed by James Gunn overseeing, becoming a new, like, Kevin Feige <laughs> for DC Studios. This may change the landscape of everything. This may, this this is guaranteed is going to be great for uh, fans and comic fans all over because we got a Marvel, technically a Marvel guy now transferring over to DC and helping to build them up. I think it's awesome. It is absolutely awesome. But... I'm saying this to say like, like Marvel's 
he could have been really bitter about the situation and just said, no, screw you guys. You guys screwed me up. No, he decided to continue and, you know, commit to his situation and finish the job. And then apparently we're getting another Christmas special. So this is just incredible. This is absolutely incredible. But the, the special, I, I don't have to tell you guys now. You guys have all seen it. This is just an all. It was an awesome special. Um, the entire cast from the movie came back, including um, Michael Roker. And we had, um, you know, also got to mention, you know, Bradley Cooper as Rocket again. We got Vin Diesel returning as Groot and just a whole slew of other uh, really awesome people as well. I mean, just awesome. Um, wait a minute. Don McCloyd. He was. Oh, my God. Don McCloyd was <laughs> here, too, as a statue guy. What a cameo. So, I mean, no, they just they just really did a great job with this uh, series. And um, what really, honestly, like this is one of the best Christmas specials I've ever seen. <laughs> Clearly, James Gunn knocked it out the park. I, 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 I haven't found one person who said that this was an awesome deal. They did so much and it was only less than an hour. And it felt like you got to see so much of this in here, too. So. You, this is guaranteed going to add to people's list of things to watch every year from this point on. This is absolutely awesome. If you have not seen this yet, I highly suggest you watch it because you're going to get spoiled by a lot of things that have happened already in this deal. And but nonetheless, it is also in the fact that they still kind of. They kind of, you know, kind of kept things moving with the storyline of what's to come in guardians of the galaxy volume three as well not as much but you know just a little enough to keep us going just fantastic i can't wait to hear when this new special is coming because i i, I can't even imagine what they're going to do maybe we'll see a gobot next at this point on too <laughs> i need to see a gobot i just i just i just can't believe they even said that here <laughs> so what better grade to give this in this in the holiday season than the a plus go check it out this is one of the best reasons to acquire disney plus if you're a marvel fan if you've been a marvel studios fan a marvel comic fan or whatever or just a disney fan in general disney plus is really killing it right now for stuff like the content that they're providing is just outrageously awesome so you can't help but to you know just jump on it. it's a great investment on my tv right now is x-men the animated series by the way too as we're talking about this so i mean you got that to watch too so, just so much coming in in, in uh, up ahead man so go anyway check it out add it to your list it's awesome folks that will do it for this edition of talk time live the prime show hope you guys really enjoyed this show i as much as i did um thank you everybody who has been because i think we're gonna hit another milestone again at the end of this uh month hitting past the 50,000 download record this month. So thank you to everybody who has actually been supporting this, who've been constantly downloading this show. To all of our new people on uh, Hive Social, thank you. If you guys want to check me out there, I'm posting there as well on Hive Social at Xavier Josiah, D-A-X-A-V-I-E-R-J-O-S-I-A-H. Check me out there. And um, just constantly posting, support this group, support that, follow me from there. I hate to say follow, friend me over there. Cause I wanna see more, I wanna, I wanna hear from more friends than followers people. I don't care about the whole following thing. That's just a term. 
let's build friendships not followers that's that's just me like i think that's the one thing that just i think i hate about social media is that the whole following thing i don't want to be idolized i just want to befriend people i want us to enjoy the same you know fandoms that we all love and everything you know have conversations you know share likenesses and you know have different discussions and whatnot that's what it's all about so go on there check me out there and also check me out on instagram under the same thing but with an underscore dex xavier underscore josiah as well you can also check out this episode and every episode on talktimelive.com you can check out all of our audio episodes like this one all of our video exclusives all of my panels at repop with the cast of bleach the cast of my hero academia the cast of naruto um just a whole bunch of great content for there to cast the pokemon they're the og pokemon cast um i'm there with as well you know always grateful for repop for allowing me to do that um so you can check all that there plus all of our exclusive interviews over 50 interviews both audio and video on that there you can easily find on air including recently the uh the 2018 kevin conroy press interview that uh i was attending so you can see and hear you know the legend himself on air too and uh i got a blog page with a lot of content from things that you might want to you know purchase to things that um to events that i've attended as well uh so stay tuned for that as well we're like i say we're counting down the days to uh the holiday season so things may be winding down a bit there may not be as many shows as much because of the holiday season as you know but i want to try to make sure to get one in i don't know because final fantasy uh what is it final fantasy 7 crisis core is coming out now i think at the end of the you know near christmas time and i don't know if i'm gonna have i think that might stem over to the new year let me see when does that come out oh no no i might be able to do this no that's the old one when is the new one coming out i think that is coming out at the end of um 2002 what is that release date no it is okay december 13th is coming out so i may actually get that in before we close out it may be the final select start episode that we get before we close out so stay tuned for that um there may be another prime episode as well coming up but we're just going to be keeping our ears with that one as things go down from there so stay tuned for that and much much more but you can still check out all of our back issues our back episodes i should say um on talktimelive.com and wherever you listen to podcasts including spotify iHeartRadio, apple podcast google podcast stitcher podbean TuneIn, audible pocket cast pandora and if you're on tumblr you can type in talk time live and you can find every episode there as well and you know check me out there you can subscribe and download to any of those and never miss a beat so once again people thank you again and uh, i wish you guys the best again before i even say my normal spiel this is the holiday season it's usually a festive time but it's also a stressful time never feel that you're obligated to have to celebrate the holidays if you don't feel like it because your mental health matters so if you feel like you're in a situation with family or friends that are feeling pressured if it feels like because that's not what the holidays is about if you feel pressured or not comfortable acknowledge it do something about it even if it means let if they don't understand it that's on them but just take care of you 
You are the greatest gift in the world. And you have to know that. Take care of you before you take care of anybody else. That means taking a chill on the holidays. That's okay. (laughs) But enjoy you more than anything else. So folks, that'll do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dax Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. We are out of here. Take care and have a great week. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.